0: I need you to think really hard about this question. (gasps) Not that hard. Okay. If you were going to accurately predict the method of catching the first walleye in your boat, the new boat, what method would that be? Jiggin'?
1: Jiggin, jigging, jigging. All right, let's, jigging, be, a, let's be a little
0: bit more specific, though.
1: Okay, you, are you saying, am I going to catch the first fish out of my boat? No. Or is the person using a jigging minnow going to catch the first fish out of my boat?
0: I want you to just tell me, like, if, if I, I'll give you a million dollars if you can tell me how the first walleye in that boat is going to end up there. Jiggin an easy shiner. You're a liar.
1: Say it. I, I mean, I am. I am a liar. But if we're talking about the first legal walleye during season, then I'm going to tell you, easy shiner. Perch fish and walleyes do not count. Mm. I shouldn't say that. I should have asked the stipulations before I just went rogue. I think this is how
0: I can get a little bit of payback. How, like, all of my customers for, like, three years would get in my boat and be like, hey, who's the first guy to catch walleye in your boat? Oh, it's Will Neuer, and I know he's the one <laughs> who told you to ask that question. <laughs> this will just kill plastic sales for you.
1: Just no, be, it won't. As
0: soon as guys start, as soon as you start like talking plastics with guys, I'll have them be like, "Hey, the first wallet in your boat came on a jig and a plastic," and you're gonna go,
1: mm, "No, no." But, <laughs> but, the first legal law, I will think so. Yeah, okay. I always kiss the first one. Don't not always, but I'm okay. going to this year
0: yeah this is walleye talk i'm dan i'm will uh we are two weeks away no we're like nine days yeah nine days away from
1: today's thursday 2021
0: walleye opener
1: it's a late one but it things are you know seem pretty normal as far as the way the water temps are yeah the way things are greening up which they're not really starting you know but not Nothing's really green.
0: I feel like the trees look like they exactly how they should nine days away from opener. Yeah, I could be wrong, but that's how I feel right now. And water temps, I think, are the same.
1: Yeah, like, for sure, mid to upper forties for mid lake stuff. Shallows probably reaching fifty. I saw fifty-seven degrees. Crappy fishing. Mm-hmm.
0: Like in like, where can I find the warmest water? And I found 57 degrees. Yeah, actually, I was in a sauna yesterday, and then I tried to jump in a lake after being in the sauna. Can't do it. Too cold for Dan. (laughs) Too cold. Even if I'm sitting in a room that's 180 (laughs) degrees, can't get me in there. Like, to be on top of that (laughs)
1: stuff. (laughs) Well, how are you supposed to cleanse yourself clean without a refreshing lake bath? I, I agree with the idea. I just had to take a shower, like a, like a wimp. Like a moderate. When shower. I got
0: home, I had to just take a shower. <laughs> All right, uh, what are we
1: ta- what are we talking about this week? Well, we got opener priorities, uh, lie bait nuances,
0: uh, just an area update, and uh, walleye groundhog day. It's gonna we'll be get a real here.
1: easy episode. Hopefully, be easy listening anyway.
0: While you listen to the Portadoc people, I want you to think about this. Do they play Bob Seeger in heaven? Having fun in the sun on the lake all day long.
1: Porta-doc.com. Porta-doc.com. Find your local Portadoc dealer today. Porta-doc.com.
0: This is Wilbur's topic, so he's going to go ahead and start us off. Uh, he's staring into the abyss right now because he's not sure what he's gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm still laughs> opener, try- like what opener priorities is the general topic, and I think, he, like it came to your mind thinking about choosing locations for sure,
1: right? for sure. So on, like, a,
0: on a lake, like where are you gonna go fish?
1: Yeah. So a big thing that I worry about is finding a location where I mean it's opening day. I don't. Ex- I mean I always expect to crush them. But I don't always crush them, so I go into areas where I believe I'm going to crush them. And generally, well, always. I don't think I've ever done anything but jig on opening day, ever. Hmm. And I don't plan on changing that. Sure. It's a good. I mean, I got a good streak going catching walleyes, so I'm going to continue to do that.
0: I think that's a good point you bring up, though. Like, you can do really, really well on opener. But it's not, like, if you don't do well on opener, there are a lot of things that could be causing that that are not really your fault. For sure. Like, it's
1: not, like, the easiest day to catch a bunch of walleyes. Even if you go around and drive around, you still have no idea really where they are because even the fish that you side image, they could leave. They could be suckers. They could be super inactive. Sure.
0: Like, especially if you put this in the setting of, like, this is not a lake you fish right. Ra- like, imagine opening up on a new lake in. You got to open on Winnie. Right. I I know well, people I catch know. a bunch of them. Yeah. I bet a bunch of people are going to do real well out there, but I've never fished on opener. Never fished it in the first six weeks of the season. Right. You go there when it starts getting hard around home. Right. <laughs> and I, I would hope that I. Like, Winnie's a great example, like, where you could end up being like, dang it. That was a rough one for, for a lake sure. that's
1: like. Full of walleye. Which is for a lot of people will be a smash fest. Yep. But you gotta just use it as a learning curve and don't give up after the first day. Yeah. Um But I what I would do like in that situation is I would go on opening day, I'd give myself plenty of time to drive around, and I would look for you know, I'd look at a map before I even get out there, and I'm looking at interior shoreline brakes, you know, brakes from 11 to 6 feet in that range you know 11 to 14 or 6 to 9 or 4 to 8 you know those types of interior brake lines and we had a pretty similar situation out on pike bay where we don't know if we could really see those fish on side image because of the sugar sand yeah and that's something you're just going to run into situations similar to that on a lake that you've never fished before you don't. or a
0: bunch of rock like you could find there there's going to be a pile of fish using rocks all
1: over the state. Exactly. In shallow rocks that you're not going to be able to see them that well in. So, what I would do is I'd try to look in there, but I'm not going to write a spot out, especially right away, just because I can't see them in shallow water. Yeah. So, I would probably, you know, depending on the wind, if it's a strong enough wind and it's a big enough bar, I'll drift it and try to really cover water. I'm going to try to. try I'm going to try to avoid pitching, Right away if the wind's hard, heavy enough because sure. I need to cover that fast and efficiently because I don't know if there's fish there. But I'm also not going to get hung up if I catch one on my very first drift. Mm-hmm. That'll get you a lot of the time where you'll be like, oh, there's a fish here. You can't, there can't be just one here. Well, sometimes there's only one biter mm-hmm. for your boat. Yeah. So I'm not going to get hung on the, on that either. Um but it's, you know, you're really going to try to lean on the wind uh, and lean on ways where you can cover it the fastest right away, especially this year with it being warmer. And I wouldn't be dragging jigs either right now. So, What do you mean? Why not? I don't know. We're going to have more caragrass growth. Water is going to be warm enough where I think pop it will be. We're going to have 50-some degree waters by the time that's more of like a forty degree water temp deal, and it's mm-hmm. generally a slower presentation. I'm not. I'm not gonna be. Oh, I'm not gonna be speed jigging. But I'm gonna. I'm. I'm not gonna be going one point two in jigging like I would maybe in June. But I think the one counter I would have is like the
0: conditions of the day. Like if you did get like a dead calm, blue sky day, I think dragon. J- I, I would certainly consider dragon jigs then.
1: Fine, Dan. I'm
0: just just offering a counter. And honestly, it's not even my idea. I remember a couple years ago that for like quite a few weeks into the season, Chuck Hasse was doing real good, dragging jigs, long lining them, like way away from the boat. With like 30 second ounce jigs? Probably. Yeah. I think his jigs were out of the water. Actually, he was looking for fish to come out of the water.
1: Like they would for like a sailfish or Mm -hmm. tunas, yeah. Yeah. Where it's just skipping on the top. He also caught a record amount of galls one day. <laughs> <laughs> it was random, mass
0: random, for sure, true fact about Chuck Hassey is he has the Minnesota state record for the amount of galls caught in one day. In a single day, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was on opener.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but getting back to the priority, like, I'm going to prioritize trying to find fish in a suitable environment for my techniques that I'm going to try to do that day. Now, like, for me, I want to pitch plastics that opening day, so I'm going to find areas with steeper, shorter breaks that I can lob onto and continue to move.
0: Yeah. Land on the top and be able to, like, work that bait in the strike zone off the whole break. So you're talking about relatively shallow water again, too. Not just because you love shallow water, but, like, Because we're still somewhat limited in our plastics game to To the deep water stuff. Right. Yeah, I don't know how to do it. Yeah. I have no confidence. Like, in that same situation, if you had a good shelf and then you were going from, like, the shelf was 15 and you were dragging down to 20, a plastic would not be on my agenda. Not to say it wouldn't work, but, like, we're we're dealing with our skill set, too, with that tool Right. right
1: now. Right. And I could easily strike out but I'm going to try. Sure. Um, So finding areas that are suited to your, to what you're going to be doing. Because I don't, I don't plan to be on the annex pulling leeches. At least for, yeah, I think like spot one, that's probably how all guys choose to, I
0: mean, be hard day one, spot one, to settle on doing something that you're not, like, just super jacked up about doing,
1: you know? Yeah, you've waited a very long time to try and catch a walleye this way. Yeah, yeah. You should have some checkdowns, though. That would
0: be my my approach is have that and then have some checkdowns as to what you're going to do to either adapt based on what the mm-hmm. um, conditions or your electronics or what the fish are telling you, you know, like the one bite deal might not be. I mean, you could be catching the, the one shallow fish when they're, like... There's a pile of them hanging off the break or something. Right in
1: fourteen, eighteen, twenty foot.
0: Yep. Um, I was thinking a little bit more about like other variables to like narrow down where you're going to be on a lake. Water temp can certainly be part of it. Um, And then bait fish is another one. I've been using that as like a pointer for people who don't have. Imaging that bait fish is just a great way to get started in, like, bites. Any sorts of bites is good bites on opener and then get picky, but a bite is a good sign
1: I on day one. I say, it quite a, I say it quite a bit that certain times of the year, like, life congregates. And in this situation, almost all predatory fish are going to congregate mm-hmm. um, over these bait fish because of the limited food source. Right. Like last fall. We or last like August we were talking about big pike, big smallmouth and walleyes all associate together. Well, right now it's most pike and walleyes are gonna associate together. Yeah. And if you find big perch, generally you're in a pretty good area as yeah. well. Yeah. Yep. You, I definitely think, you need to keep that in mind.
0: Not every lake is gonna do that, but, uh, I mean, I feel like more often than not, if you were to catch a keeper perch, there is a keeper walleye within a casting distance of that fish. You For know, sure. like the they're all hunting the same stuff. Like a an 11-inch perch is eating, um, I mean, there's a big overlap in what they're eating and what a 17, 18-inch, 24-inch walleye is eating. For sure. And so I think, yeah, that's a, that's a good way to get started. They do, you know, the the stuff that the Lindner brothers talked about like a million years ago as far as structure, it still holds true. Like... More often than not, they are using inside turns and little points and flats. Yep. And if you're, if, I think that can get lost if you're spending time on lakes that m- maybe even the spot just isn't m- mapped that correctly. But man, it's crazy to think about. Well, like I had a lake this year that I had a version eight chip last year. Now I've got a version nine. Went and looked at it in a lot of my spots that I thought were sort of obscure right on my map on the version 8 map that had fish on them that regularly had fish on them now with the version 9 which has more detail of course there's a freaking walleye there
1: of course (laughs) looks super fishy yeah it went from three foot contours to one foot contours and very accurate right which is weird it wasn't they got to
0: be doing it from space I don't know anything about it, but there's no way that there was, like, boats on that lake mapping it, and I didn't know about it. They have to be doing it from space. I don't know. I don't ha- I don't know how. The- I don't know anything about it. Lake master people, how do you map your lakes? <laughs> like, the Garmin people. The Garmin They're out there people, on beach. Them. Yeah, I watched them out there. They were there for, like, three weeks. Right. Like, six boats. Just driving. Driving. And I'm sure their swath is huge. Uh-huh. Anyway, I don't know how th- that technology works, but I'm assuming it's space. I think there's space involved. Neat. I know. I listen to more Joe Rogan now, so I like to talk about space. See you in space. Oh, oh, Martians, aliens, all, all of the space stuff. He loves really? it. Really? Yeah. I I would imagine there's a significant overlap between walleye talk listeners and joe rogan listeners
1: as far as our percentage who listened to joe rogan or yeah but not joe rogan's who listened to Talk. <laughs> now yeah. if we could tap into that we are on to something dan that would be a great a great connection to make
0: <laughs> i mean we could we could if you want we could start
1: smoking weed on the podcast <laughs> you know maybe i'll get joe rogan on the phone and maybe he won't <laughs> hang up cool. on me, huh? He wouldn't. He wouldn't let a thing. Cold call Joe Rogan. Hey, is this Joe? <laughs> yeah, hi, hi, Joe. Click. <laughs> Son of a... <laughs> uh, I really liked you in Fear Factor.
0: <laughs> I had a good reminder, is, getting back to priorities, is... Um, God, I feel like you just you're gonna hate the things I have to say. In a couple more years of this, like I've heard him say all of this stuff so many times. But it's you're you're gonna have to try to take care of your minnows.
1: Oh yeah. This this year especially.
0: Yeah. It was abrupt for me. Man, pan for, you know, like we've had open water for what seems like forever. Yeah. But the temps have been pretty cool yeah no maintenance minnows and then I it was like 83 degrees or something on Saturday I killed off a bunch of them I mean I wasn't hooking them up to a bubbler or anything just leave them in the garage you'll be fine I have to care about you now (laughs) I forgot that that's a huge part of my life for the next five months
1: I talked to a guy out of Brainerd he's got a cabin up on Blackwater and he told me that there is some concern about get this there's some concern about spot tail shiners. Oh, my goodness. Yep. What? So his big thing is he believes that they got very over-harvested last year because of the limited amount of waters they have been taking out of, right? Because it costs you X amount of dollars to get the the shiners uh, DNR certified because they've got some brain aneurysm disease or can potentially have a brain aneurysm disease which is also found in smelt which they've only found a handful of times in superior I'm having a brain aneurysm dude. <laughs> what are you talking about yeah. <laughs> so you have to in order for a trapper to trap shiners on a specific like so it's not to, just about invasives it's about a fish disease it's about a disease yeah which they have never ever found in a spot tail shiner mm. but they could find it in a spot tail shiner and there's big, this is huge throughout, like, the, the trapping community because they're losing lots of dollars because they, it takes them two weeks to process a shiner to figure out if it's got this stupid brain disease or potential to have this brain disease to get certified to trap from there. So we're over-harvesting from the handful of lakes that are getting certified, and they're worried, this guy is super worried that there was too many shiners sold last summer. All right, All right, Will. Well, all right, I'll buy that, but I'm gonna offer up a counter, please.
0: Counter conspiracy.
1: I was just telling you what some guy, some random guy
0: told me. But I want to go with my conspiracy theory. I think it's, I think it's big, big oil, because all those plastics that you're peddling—they're petroleum products, right? Sure, they are. And they're that big oil has their little fingers everywhere, everywhere, right? And I think they're pushing soft plastics. And it's over on the you, fishing
1: industry, and they're
0: hurting the little bait guy. They're hurting the the poor minnow trapper. I want, and the guys like you, you're just pawns in their in their big game to get rid of live bait and to make plastics a bunch of make plastics real awesome. And I'm not buying it. You know what I'm buying? A whole with... bunch of minnows, <laughs> and I'm going to buy a whole bunch of spot tails. I want to buy spot tails. Three quarters of them will die, and I'll still have plenty to catch a bunch of them. <laughs> <laughs> that'll be the next thing it's all of a sudden all our bubblers will go out at the same time whoa you think that's a big coincidence no that's big oil They're, they've been messing with our bubblers gas powered bubblers
1: <laughs> the only ones that work are powered off of gas
0: <laughs> oh yeah
1: Well, I mean it's that was one of the things I brought up to uh, minfish is to try and loosen the restrictions on spot tail shiner trapping right. because of that. I mean, I personally don't get, I don't care if shiners go away or not, but everyone should have the potential to, you know, there's plenty of spot hills in most lakes. It's just the handful of lakes they're taking from now for the entire state are getting over-harvested. So you're going to sacrifice a few of the big ones for the many? Yeah. Or can we spread this out and keep everything healthy? Sure. Over a disease that hasn't been found in a spot tail shiner yet, right? Hmm. Interesting stuff. But they know way more than me, so. I mean, most people know way more than us. I That's bet the, the hard. Thing. I bet they could find the G spot. <laughs> no.
0: I think it's middle mythical. ground. <laughs> I think it's I, mythical. Uh,
1: yeah. I think the word you you the phrase you're looking for is middle ground. Maybe. <laughs> I, I don't quite comprehend the whole, what I just said there. You know, sometimes I say things just to sound more for synthesis. <laughs> don't quite understand it all. Um, <laughs> what, anything else on opener priorities? Uh, don't sweat the petty stuff. And also don't pet the sweaty stuff. <laughs> okay, two big things to live by. So like if some, if there's three boats on your spot, don't get all fired up about it. You know, those get, those people beat you to it. And you don't own God's water. That's right. It's God's so, water. So Not your lake, either. It's nobody's lake. You're the one who taught me to hate that term. I hate that. You want know, to know another term I hate? Sunken Island. <laughs> That's the stupidest thing ever. It didn't sink. It just got flooded. It didn't sink. Right. When water tables rose, when the glaciers melted, it didn't make it. There was a clear cutoff line to what's going to make it and what's not. That Sunken Island just didn't make the cut. It didn't sink.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It just didn't make the cut.
0: Yeah. I, I'm i with you. But I don't like Hump that much either. I'm always trying to come up with, with new ways to describe Sunken Island. <laughs> <laughs> That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Um, I, I'm sorry about that.
1: That's okay. Anything else we hate? Should we just get them all out? I hate when people come in and like it's not their fault because they just don't know, but they'll come into the store and they'll say, "Yeah, I'd like a dozen of your rainbow shiners." Mm, sure. Definitely not a thing. Well, maybe it is a thing, just not familiar with it. Like the G spot, not very <laughs> familiar with. it. <laughs>
0: All right, enough references to that. I'm trying to think. Of like I still a don't real, even know what it a is. real funny. Uh, I don't. I don't have. I don't have an answer. It'd be fun to have like a real good response to that, which would be to like. Uh, I don't know. Fine. To rainbow shiners. <laughs> Not to that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we better take a break. Man. We are <laughs> way off. This week's episode of Walleye Talk is brought to you by Full Stringer Bait and Tackle. Full Stringer is open for business. A lot of us anglers these days are trying to stock up for the entire season in the next nine days. Not a bad idea in today's climate and the changing world. So, I would stop in and stock up. They've got a great inventory on just about everything right now. So, stop in early, shop, be happy, don't worry about opener. But before we do that, we have a buddy, and his name is Big Steve. Can you give us a Big Steve Nozbich update? Big Steve, he's still
1: like six, eight, hasn't tried. Big feller. He shot a turkey a couple of days ago, or maybe last week. Anyway, nice bird. While he was turkey hunting, he just got done shooting his bird. He dropped off a load of jigs over at the A. He just makes these jigs by himself? They're he called Steve Nosbysh jigs? They're not called Big Steve jigs. No, he purchased a jig company. Not a bad name for a jig company. True True story. But he bought a pre established jig company called Ken Catch Tackle out of Bemidji. Nice. Moved it to Walker, Minnesota. Nice. Even closer. Yep. And the one thing about Ken Catch, um, so I, I've liked this company for a long time. I use their spoons almost exclusively for Me ice fishing. Me They're too. They're fan friggin' fantastic. Mm-hmm. But uh, their jigs are super high quality. And the one thing that it has going for them is it's got very stout. Red hooks that you can't really bend, Um, they kind of bounce back into place. And for guys like us who catch a lot of mid 20 inch fish, hard mouths, you got to use the pliers quite often. You don't destroy a jig just by catching another walleye, sure. Something I run into, you know, with cheap jigs, but I still buy cheap jigs when I'm gonna lose 40 of them, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, because the next jig doesn't matter,
0: right. Uh Yeah, I'm happy to hear that. Ken Catch has a great name behind it, and Steve is a, a walker area guide, does real well, well-rounded angler, and uh, I feel like he's going to do good things
1: by the company. He was a McDonald's All-American for basketball.
0: I could see that.
1: He was really, on his card, he was really good with his hands. <laughs> Make sure to put that in when you know you send it out public. <laughs> Big Steve's in this podcast, and just so the world knows, he's good with his hands. (laughs) He's married, ladies.
0: (laughs) Um, Live bait nuances. We've had some listener questions about, over the years, plenty of them. And, like, uh, there, it's um, hooking live bait matters a lot. Um, It's weird that it, like, Once you, you know, avid anglers, you know when a minnow needs to get changed. And you just, like, know it intuitively by, like, glancing at it. Like, well, that doesn't look good. I got to change it out. But with folks I fish with, um, some of them, half the time, they want new minnows way too soon. Mm -hmm. They don't need a new minnow. And half the time, they, like, I have to, like, catch their jig while they're casting to get it to me so I can put a new (laughs) minnow on it, you know? I still got meat on there. Stiff as a board and curled like a... You know, like a C. Yeah, yeah, they can't cast straight, the thing like curves. <laughs> um, so there are some but I don't I yeah, there's just some nuances to, to taking care of what your presentation looks like when you're using live bait. Let's start with jigs. Yeah.
1: So for me, uh, especially early in the season, I'm not afraid to use fat heads. And with fat heads I always go in the mouth, out the gill, in the belly, and out the back. On a regular gumball jig, standard shank. That's how you hook them. Um, They stay on a lot better. Um, And when you do this, the minnow is going to die. So having a live minnow on my jig doesn't matter at all.
0: Sometimes they kick, like, longer than you think they would. For sure. You
1: grab them, and they're going nuts, and you're like, why? Not not an important part of the
0: presentation. You want it to smell right and look right. All of the, like, motion and stuff. And feel right. And feel right. All the motion and stuff is on the angler. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter that it's dead. You can assume that it's going to die pretty darn quick after you do
1: that. In fact, when I'm putting minnows on, I always grab like a fresh dead one.
0: One near the top.
1: Yep. Mm -hmm. One that's going to die soon. Yep. Let the strong ones stay strong. Right. So, that's uh, one for that. How do you hook a shiner, Dan? Um, Most of the time the same way,
0: unless I do occasionally use a fireball jig, use a short chain jig, and then you don't have that option. I'll just go in their mouth and right up through their skull. Um, one little detail is either route. Well, through the skull, I try to get it pretty well dead center. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to do the turn thing, you're not aiming for dead center. You're aiming for like next to their spine.
1: Left or right. If left you, or right. If you drill the spine, oh, well, I'll let you finish. You're
0: going to break the minnow. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're trying to push through flesh
1: just to the left or right of their spine. It's important to keep that... You want to make sure that barb gets exposed on a spot tail. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, you're going to end up falling out. That, that jig will fall out the bottom, and then you've got to wind in and re, redo it.
0: Yeah. Um, that's like a common problem on openers is that it, when spot tails are spotty, you're going to have some real big ones. Mm-hmm. And which, pregnant ones. Right. Which are not great. I honestly don't. I, if you're going to. I would rather not fish those on a jig ever. Um, not that they won't ever catch fish, but it, it just doesn't, doesn't work right. It's not going to last very long and you could catch one on that minnow rigging it. So like, if you've got a little, um, variety in your, in your minnow box, those are not the ones that should go on a jig until you are out of minnows or desperate, very desperate.
1: desperate.
0: Um, Yeah rainbows we'll have rainbows around on opener probably nice ones too and we have them a lot in the fall i use them all the time in the fall i don't do the turn with even a big rainbow i don't either because they're so soft all the way around i just go in their mouth and straight straight up through their head even with a standard gumball jig yep yeah and I, <clears throat> I i think you can maybe when you're gonna do that i i don't know that it's super important but it's pretty easy to miss their brain if you like try like you mm-hmm. can get and you i think you want the hook seated back far as far as you can anyway For sure so like you can miss their brain and they're gonna wiggle a little bit longer if you think that matters and even if you don't um you want that hooks seated as far back as you can
1: yep Yeah, are you stinger hooks wow.
0: i i ha- have like long 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 time ago um I don't. I mean, I don't like the way they look. I don't like the way the bait looks, and I feel like they're. If you think that's what's going on, there's probably enough. Like if they're shorting you all the time, there's probably other adaptations you can make to catch fish rather than try to make a stinger hook look good. If that makes sense, yeah. It's. I think it's hard. To, I. I mean, they're used frequently, especially on the rivers. Um, and there's probably like other parts of the world where they're very necessary and like guys just like learn how to rig them correctly. Uh-huh. Don't think they're super necessary here very often in the few times where they maybe would be. I think you can make other changes to, to catch them.
1: Do you ever use a long shank shiner jig?
0: Not very much anymore. Nope. Um, I think you get enough hook exposure and like what it, it sort of goes back to like what minnow would you actually run on that? Probably one of those big fat pregnant ones. Right. And I don't want to do that.
1: So. I have a problem too cuz I have a problem with them wanting to squish for squish forward on that. Mm-hmm. So they'll end up from where your hook is exposed forward, they'll end up shank, kind of curled, like, there. curled, right? And I think that's cuz they don't have a bait keeper most of the time.
0: Yeah, and even if they do have a bait keeper, you'd actually need the bait keeper like a ways back mm-hmm. on the, on the hook shank
1: to like get it to do what you want it to do, right? And maybe I'm just not doing it right. But I don't know.
0: Yeah. I do like occasionally, <clears throat> sometimes on, on like an eight, especially on an eighth ounce jig. I'll bend like on a northland jig. I'll bend it just a hair to yep. get that a little bit more hook exposure. A wider gap. Yep, um, that's like one apt- adaptation I made. But I don't use a lot of long shanks. I'm sure there's a ton of dudes who listen to this who are super good anglers who use long shanks a lot. But if they I don't. are, tell
1: us how you do it.
0: Right, my buddy Dave just does weird stuff all the time and he's maybe an overthinker um so like maybe it matters maybe it doesn't but i we were and he was catching fish on it he was fishing like an eighth ounce long shank jig and he was like lip hooking these spot tails in the in the spring and then long lining them so imagine what that looks like he had like close to probably a two inch gap between the jig head and the minnow but i could see that looking
1: pretty good though like if it stands up, kind of straightish. Well, he was dragging them. Oh. I don't. I don't know. Just looks like a chain, then maybe. It to me it was like
0: all right, they're gonna bite anything right now, and this is just what Dave has settled on. It's like, well, this is making a, this is making a difference. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if that's the case or not, but lots of different ways to hook bait. Um,
1: One thing I've noticed with rainbows is if you do try to go in the mouth, out the gill, in the bed, out the back, um, they are so soft throughout the back. They you'll, if you hit, even if you try to go left or right, or dead center, they still want to curl the same as, like, a Shiner will on a Shiner. Chain mm, sure. Because they don't have that. Yeah, they're supple. The whole, uh, they're, like, all the way. Freaking toughest middle in the world to kill.
0: Mm-hmm. But, Probably for that reason, though. Like, you can't really smush them. Right. They're, like, very flexible.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Um, Rigging. Start do some rigging talk, just a little bit?
1: Everything's through the lips. I don't go through the nostrils ever. I just go through the... Between the nostril. It's So there's a soft part of the lip. Like, if you squeeze them behind the head, they'll open their mouth. And there's a real soft, clear part of the lip. I go directly behind that, between the nares and, the, and that soft, clear lip part.
0: Gotcha. I go through the nostril quite a bit, especially with spot tails. Because I feel like... It just feels like you're doing less damage to the minnow. And, like, especially with the spot tail, I feel like that's a good thing. Sometimes I think, like, if they say ow too loud in their little minnow head, they die. Mm -hmm. So, uh, that's probably just in my head, but they're a very... It's not in your head. They're a very delicate minnow, and, like, the least amount of impact you can put on them, I think, is important. You've, like, never rigged a spot tail shiner in your life.
1: I did, like, maybe last year. I did last year, for sure. Did you catch him? Yeah, maybe. maybe. couple.
0: I, had a, I won the one-stop tournament. I Reagan watched Shiners. you do it. I watched time. you
1: do it. It was uh, you and Bob McCollum.
0: Mm-hmm. He was not. He's in the Will Neuer camp, man. He is a jig and a minnow hey, until the day he hey, dies. Hey,
1: I'm changing my ways,
0: buddy. <laughs> hey, look at me grow. <laughs> Yeah, I think the main thing, though, like, big difference is, like, the minnow has to do all of the work for you when you're rigging, so take care of them. And in the spring, like, you are, it can be, I think, I've had I've had many days, I would say, where rigging spot tails works really well, um, but it is, those minnows have a shelf life, like, maybe, it might be five minutes. It's probably five to ten minutes that you can realistically keep a spot tail looking good down there.
1: And if, that's something where you're not dragging them at a mile an hour. Right. You're not even dragging them at a half mile an hour. Right. You're finding fish. Taking care of the minnow. Yeah.
0: I'd say most of the time it's worked for me though, it still has been in relatively shallow water and like using mostly wind speed to move the boat. So I'm not saying it wouldn't it wouldn't be point seven, point eight. Really? Yeah. Interesting but like long line in it and like you know if, if you're trying to milk like a, a drift like that with a rig you're essentially like sort of trying to slow your you letting a line periodically right and like spending a lot of time with like your bait like sitting essentially still you know and like letting the slack come out of your line and then like pausing it and then maybe moving it forward and then setting it down you know so it's not constantly dragging at Point seven, point eight.
1: Does that make sense? I get it. I get it for sure. I don't know if I really like it, though. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I get it, but I don't know if I. Linda Regan, a little minnow, like a shiner, is just a, it's a strange concept to me. Right? It's I kind it. of. It's, it's bigger than a rainbow. But it's not a creek chub. Sure. I mean, like, I really don't like rigging rainbows. I mean, I don't mind rigging big rainbows, but if I'm gonna rig a big minnow, I want it to be a creek chub, and I want it to be three times bigger. <laughs> but yeah, it's just uh its a weird concept to me. I know it works. I've done it. I caught a couple of fish on it. It's still just strange, though. Sure. Why would they want just a slow-moving bait when they could eat it bouncing off the bottom with a blue and white or parrot color? Maybe they're feeling
0: spry, man. They don't need to chase down the dead ones. They want like a lively one. They want to feel that thing wiggle on the way down. Oh my gosh. That probably happens in the spring. Fresh, tasty treat. Like, god dang, I love Memorial Day. Look at all these shiners. There's so many here. So many shiners. I'm not eating that one that's jumping around. No. I want one with good genetics. That one looks good right there.
1: Look at how big the spot is on that tail. <laughs> No one's got two spots.
0: <laughs> Man, we could do this for a long time. Uh-huh. We should take, take a
1: break, though. Sure. Not only is the one-stop geared up for walleye fishing, it's also geared up for all the pan fishing you could ever want. Uh, we've got beetle spins on sale for 99 cents, which is a really good deal, so come on in and stock up. We even got them in a brand new color of, guess what, bright friggin' pink. What's new in Longville? I heard a guy found 12 mushrooms yesterday. Really? 12 morels. Wow. So they weren't even really that little. Nice, you know, 3-4 inches. That's pretty sweet. Just That's early. Just starting. Isn't that early? I don't know. Maybe not I... by the calendar, but maybe as far as like tree, leaf, go, But if the marsh marigolds are blooming, it's go time. Mm, I like those types of things. Mm-hmm. Man, I it's found... also between the sucker run and the red horse run. Really? Yeah. I've found
0: one morel mushroom in my life uh, in Cass County. And I spotted it from like 20 feet away. And we were walking out, just beaten down like, there's no mushrooms up here. What are we talking about? <laughs> Glanced over. It was like, Probably 20 oh, yards oh, 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 from the oh, 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 oh. truck.
1: <laughs> Walked all over these hillsides just by one of the truck.
0: <laughs> I think the panfish dudes in Longville probably had a pretty good weekend. I heard I heard Mediocre. mixed reviews. Um, but I think that, like, if you're a savvy panfisherman, this was your weekend. This is where you set yourself apart. Because mm-hmm. there's lots of stuff that looks good. We fish stuff that looked good. Oh, yeah, I and forgot what did we, we like. We didn't catch any panfish. We didn't catch any fishes. You had a couple of four pounders hooked though. Ooh. Nice and they ones. were
1: two pound, four pounders, baby.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I I was I fished Cast Lake, uh, during a dock installation project. Long story, but we had to of course be we had to check the deep basins and the shallow north bays before we could put the dock in. For sure. Just to get a lay of the land. For sure. Had to make sure everything was running properly. And there were no fish in the shallow North Bays. We did find some fish in the basins. And I... Just another thing I don't know how to do. Catch suspended crappies in open water. And I may be alright with it. It's a pretty short-term problem that you would have to deal with. right? And the next day I caught them in like two feet of water. In Longville. Which is like why I want to be crappie fishing. The basin stuff like... You... The springtime crappie thing is about the experience. And the experience is being, like, wrapped in spring. Right. right? You got beavers jumping around. Beavers jump more than you think. Really?
1: I saw two beavers jump off of the shore.
0: What? Yeah. Might have been the same beaver twice. Were they just
1: big belly floppers, or are they getting ready for the Olympics? You know, it's Tokyo this I'd say year. belly flop.
0: But he, like, was putting an effort. He just was, like, he went into the winter healthy, you know. Came out.
1: Good for still him. Still pretty
0: hefty. Lots of spring noises uh calm water
1: warm beautiful
0: yeah very comfortable this coming weekend which starts tomorrow will probably be pretty good yeah for for panfish our water temps probably haven't moved up a whole lot but i think
1: this will be a nice one if you're up here i think as long as that sun's out it can be even a little bit on the cooler side but that those shallow muddy bays will warm up regardless right so
0: Feel like I had one more area update.
1: You been perching? Not in a while. No,
0: last perching trip was a not a success. So done with that. I like the, I like that little tradition I built into my spring though, because it's it's way better like your first day out on the boat than crappie fishing.
1: For sure, you're going to, you've got a lot better chance of catching them than crappie fishing right right away oh we were on Cass lake we were driving through the shallows and we saw just dozens of big walleyes
0: two muskies and a giant northern pike
1: least a meter fish least a meter a meter fish a meter fish would you guess it at eight kilo (laughs) (laughs) eight kilo meter fish Give
0: you should give the while I talk world a little update on like the weird world you've entered into. Oh my god! This
1: is all Mark's part, fault too. Oh, it's Mar- Mark. Mark got me started on this mm. garbage. So there's this big competition in the Baltic Sea, right? The Baltic Sea is in Europe, Norway, Sweden, Finland, I think Northern Germany, uh, in that region, and they catch these giant critters called Baltic pike. And there's this pike fishing co- competition called fly versus jerk and it is epic so it's these guys with these terrible English accents they all try though like oh, it's not super their it's hard. not
0: their like native language and all of them speak English through the whole show and
1: you can understand the right. majority of it but there's you know once we get into like season 10 11 12 it is I mean it's amazing right away too but it is so good 10 11 12. They fish in the north of Sweden on archipelago day, and they catch a nine kilo fish on fly. Unbelievable! Oh my gosh! If you you got to check it out. Don't start early early stages because that's all in Swedish and it's one boat. Start in season seven, things start to get really interesting. You can skip like season nine. Make sure you watch season ten, and be sure to watch season twelve. It'll tear your heart out. Oh. I think we'll have to remind them
0: again in October. Yeah, when I, it's fishing waste your time right. Time it 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 fit pretty well into my like late winter
1: mood yeah I, I can't watch it anymore I understand <laughs> I understand completely Uh then they just started a Xander Pro what a yeah there is some good looking swim baits on there and it's very interesting how they how, so they've got uh these jig heads and they screw them into the bodies and then they tie a treble hook mhm on the same islet that they tie their,
0: yeah, it's it's stuff we don't see here at all, and, and it's, everybody does it on that sh- on that show.
1: And I don't know if it's brilliant or not, but it's essentially it's a stinger hook. It is a stinger hook, but they don't have a main hook, which is odd to me. What? Yeah, they do. Did you watch it?
0: I watched the first episode of Xander. Pro, yeah, but like a lot of the pike episodes or pike baits are the same
1: right but these are a lot smaller did you watch those guys from spain i don't know okay but i didn't see a top hook at all okay and i don't know if i missed it or not but okay. it looked like it was just a screw-in head
0: with to a, a travel
1: at the tail yeah hmm. on the but it was on the top side, hmm. which was odd a lot of good ideas come out of europe yeah for sure um it's very interesting you know, we were trying to cut this episode so we short, and then we got to talk about Fly Too versus ranty. Jerk. It's Too called Fly vs. Jerk. It is. It's on YouTube. Amazing. It's amazing. Get ready to skip a lot of
0: ads. Yeah. But you can skip them right away. It's amazing. All right. um, Walleye Groundhog Day for Willie Naylor. Here we go. We both got easy ones. I, I want to give give me a good answer for July 11th. It's July 11th, oh. and you have to catch... Eleven walleyes, in a day, in a day. Just if you haven't listened to the last couple episodes, this is like the movie Groundhog Day, except it starts with like a challenge related to how many walleyes you can catch in a day. And if you don't catch those many, that many walleyes, you start that day over. So I think I have like four options.
1: First of all, what are you trying to do? Are you trying? I want to get the hell out of here. I've done it. Yeah. Yeah. Because as soon as I get done. Which is different than the, both of us had. Um, beautiful. Well, the
0: last two conditions. scenarios were like ones we wanted to live in for a while.
1: Yeah. We not, were
0: manipulating this scenario so that we could stay there for a while. You know July how 11, hot it
1: is in July? Pretty hot. Here. Magma.
0: And I've got to do this in what? It's from like you wake up, check your email at 6 o'clock, and by 7 o'clock p.m., you have to be done catching 11 walleyes
1: I gotta catch 11 walleyes now. ok oh, so I'm going to wake up I'm going to have my cup of coffee I'm going to read my email I'm going to spit my coffee out <laughs> be like, what kind of garbage are you telling me I gotta do and then I'll be like ok here are my options I could stay on I have one lake I think I could potentially catch 11 walleyes in, in a day real close to Longville I don't think I can do it because I can't fish till dark so, I'm not gonna go do that so I'm like what else can I do big idea here I'm gonna drive up to Winnibagosh-ish. Hmm. I'm gonna pull spinners and I'm gonna catch 11 no 13 inch walleye no size restriction and I'm gonna get th- I'm gonna do that I might not do that the first day I might only catch six or seven but the second You'll day I'm gonna it catch in. 24 it in. Yep. yeah yep and that's what I'm gonna do you know what how I'm gonna do it I'm gonna pull secret Lake tackle <gasps> Spinner rigs, two hook harnesses, of course, and I'm going to put two together, so I have a four hook harness, <laughs> but I'll have two blades on the front and four and, hooks. Gotcha. But yeah, and I'm going to pull spinners, and I'm going to get the hell out of July. But it's going to take me two days, and that first day is going to be long and miserable because of all the perch out there, too. Sure. Ooh, I'm going to have to bring a God. flat of night crawlers. I'm going to kill half my night crawlers have to go home at four o'clock. <laughs> and it's going to be the worst day and I'm going to come home and then Chris is going to be like where have we been all day I'm like well I've been doing something I absolutely don't want to be doing but you know I got to keep I got to get this over with and then two days is not bad though no I'm going to get I feel like you poked a huge no I put a size restriction on you you did you didn't put a size restriction on me so
0: we'll have to we'll have to institute the size restriction otherwise Winnie might be the solution for like all of the shit days for
1: sure all right, I'm just gonna pull spinners on Winnie and catch a billion little ones.
0: Yeah, and then we get out of there. Good plan. It could take you. It might. It might not happen in two days. It yeah. might take you a while. I hope not. God, it, I I'm very intrigued by the idea. I hope you all aren't getting sick of it, but it's fun to think about fishing the same day a bunch of days in a row. I'm and super like sick of can... a
1: walleye and die trip on July 11th. Right.
0: <laughs> But, like, you can... It's an
1: opportunity to learn a bunch of stuff. For sure. Theoretical stuff. What do you mean? That we haven't done yet. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, we're going to learn so much. Because I know how I'm going to be. I'm going to pull spinners and then I end up pitching jigs in 9 feet of water on July 11th. I didn't learn anything, big idiot. Oh, I can just
0: see you at, like... 6.59 six fifty nine as you like pitch a jig again and
1: you're just going stupid, 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 <laughs> stupid pulled spinners for fifteen minutes. This sucks <laughs>
0: <I'm> <laughs> Which excited. it doesn't
1: suck that bad. No. I I like Especially it. those Secret Lake Tackle ones. I like
0: it. I like it when I can do it with my vantage too.
1: hmm
0: You know, you guys and all your fancy follow the contour, all that pff. You just need your left hand on advantage and just be rolling that thing back and Mm. forth. This is how it works. Mm. Much better. Way better. I think you can make a legitimate argument that that is a far better way to pull spinners than with your bow mount. With,
1: (laughs) as a guide, there's, I think you can, The, the, big thing that I think you can, you can spread out those lines better I agree. Because you never, like, if you're pulling spinners forward, you never have somebody in the very front of the boat on the very bow. You never have somebody way up there because it pulls right under. Right. Well, if I'm going backwards, that person's going straight back. Straight off the bow. Bingo. Yep. And just the
0: the design of a boat, like, the lines in the front, like, the bow narrows. So, like, those lines are going to run inside, and the lines on the back of the boat are going to run outside. And there's nothing up there. There's nothing to catch on. Right. Whereas like these days people got you got a vantage, you got your main motor, you got a couple of transducers, you got a talon, all that junk hanging off the back and you got all your spinners right,
1: running right there. And then you got a six dollar minnow pail just dragging behind the boat. <laughs> <laughs> you got enough money for a talon. <laughs> you could have buy you're gonna buy a cheap minnow bucket. <laughs> uh, one of my like one
0: of the only times I've considered that I wanted to I, not that I didn't want to do the job, it was like my second year as a guide, but it was the first time I was like, wow, this job can suck a whole bunch. And it was like a day on the southeast side of Leech, and I tried to pull spinners down there with like a 15 10 mile an hour northwest wind, and had three different spinners wrapped in my prop of my outboard. Right. And I had to like deal with that in a 15 mile an hour or 10 mile an hour wind, whatever, blowing down there. This is terrible. This is, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, I, and I, and I had, you like have to resolve the problem. You can't just say, like, well, we'll cut lines and deal with it later. Like, no, going to burn up a prop seal. And it, and it was like, I could fall out of the boat. Um, I'm like uncomfortable. Every, it's taking me forever to do this. <laughs> Uh, yeah.
1: And you can't just hand off rods at that point.
0: Also, to be clear, you couldn't be pulling spinners with your vantage in that scenario either. So it's not, not like into a, the wind. Not a fair assessment. Uh-uh.
1: Especially not in a Stratus. That was a good boat, man. You kicked my butt like way too many times out of that boat. I think you could go fast. I think it go like 58. That's too fast.
0: The 175. Was that like a, would you call that like a hybrid bass boat? I think so. Like, it was like a... Because that was a double bubble. No. It single. was Single bubble. Single console.
1: Really? Mm-hmm. Huh.
0: But it, it was not a walleye hull, but it wasn't a bass boat either. Right. Thank goodness. You made it work. You made it work very well. Mm-hmm. Come a long ways. <sighs> now, I just, all I'm waiting for is a day... On leech with a wind worthy of a twenty ninety. That's what I want. (laughs) I have not. I don't think you should choose a crappy day with a wind worthy of a twenty (laughs) ninety. But I'm looking forward to the first walleye day with a
1: wind worthy of the twenty ninety. Just eat some up, dude. I've never, I've never drove one in successfully in that kind of wind. I'm pretty excited for mine too. Reminds me of Pac Man. That's how I feel. Walk, every
0: walk, time. Walk, 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 walk.
1: <laughs> That's it for me. You got anything else? No, I'm just. Uh, it's, it's gonna be a long eight
0: days. This is I Talk. I'm Dan. I'm Will. We'll see you next time.